0: At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business are heroic, and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. This is Jen Kelly with the Louisiana Hospitality Foundation, and you're listening to Flourish Truly live from new orleans home of good food good music and tons of fun this is tina and jeff with florist truly hey jeff happy tuesday
1: happy tuesday how are you
0: how oh, crazy busy it's only tuesday i feel like it should be friday buddy
1: <laughs> believe me i understand the feeling i know <laughs> it
0: well. This weather has been absolutely gorgeous. We are totally taking advantage of it. We have not stopped, except to be with you and all our great listeners. I'm doing the show right now. But other than that, I'll be back to work doing spring cleaning and house projects. But it's all good. Enjoying this weather. Can't ask for a nicer day. Really cannot. The
1: weather is fantastic. You know, we had those couple of nights. And even last night was a little chilly. It got into the low 50s. Uh, Over the weekend, I think we had a couple of nights It got down into the forties, the low forties, and it was pretty chilly, but the days right now, I think the high today was 74. Yes. Beautiful. There's no chance of rain for the next six or seven days, which is fantastic and almost unheard of here, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to complain. It's fabulous.
0: I mean? And and I can tell that spring is here because the cars are all yellow. I, I, I have a black SUV and it is technically black and yellow or black and gold right now. So I know spring is here. The pollen is out. Flowers are blooming. People are boiling crawfish like crazy. They don't care that the prices are still high. They're enjoying the weather. I saw a bunch of people out barbecuing this weekend. So it's just, it's it's a fabulous time here in New Orleans. Can't ask for nicer weather. Love it. Love it. Love it. And we are in the middle of Lent right now. And we have all kinds of things going on. And I know we had talked about uh, the Greek festival and the pre-orders for that. We've got uh, St. Joseph altars coming up. We got St. Patrick's day next week. That's coming up. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot of fun stuff there's going a, on. There's
1: a lot going on. I'm telling you, it, 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 it's all different, obviously. And yes. I think we've gotten used to saying, you know, oh. everything is different now. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's still cool that we're, we're finding ways to make things happen. We talked about the fish five Fridays that are happening. And there's a lot of places that are doing the drive through fish fries. So successful,
0: so successful, Louisiana hospitality foundation partnered with a bunch of area restaurants. And they're just doing great with that. Um, A lot of churches in the area are doing drive through fish fries and for $10, you cannot beat it. A couple pieces of fish, some fries, coleslaw, some don't do coleslaw, some do dessert, but I mean, for $10, you can't beat it. Anybody that's ever fried fish at home, you know that you cannot do it for 20 bucks for two people. It's just, there's just no way. So it's great. You're supporting local businesses, local firehouses, local churches, restaurants. So it's, it's, it's really good too. I mean, that's the thing. It's not, it's, it's good fish. It's really good fish. It's good food. And I'm enjoying supporting every week, doing a, a, a different venue or a different organization, you know, trying it out and, I'm supporting them and I'm, I'm getting my grub at the same time. So I can't complain. I don't mess up my house either.
1: Right. Exactly. That makes a massive difference. I think that's a good thing. And uh, you know, support everybody you can. It's, it's kind of funny because we seem to be um, really at this point where there is the light at the end of the tunnel and everything is, you know, you get that, that springtime feel, things are starting to move. We're seeing people out on the streets again. And and I think they've announced that like 10% of the population of Louisiana has already gotten their vaccines. Yes.
0: Yes. We are at the 10% mark. We're now in phase three. Restaurants and bars, live music can happen again. A lot of of the area bars and daiquiri shops have been doing outdoor things to help you know uh stimulate their their business and they're still continuing to do that so it's helping some of our local musicians and and bands so that's great to see that too uh, there's a, a local brewery in Gonzales that's been having a food truck on Saturdays as well as some live music so that's a great way for them to get more people to come in and they're not breaking rules they're doing everything very safely outside in the parking lot we've had great weather for it so really can't complain And so that all, you know, ties into just, you know, like you said, doing things differently, but it's the new normal and we've gotten used to it. We're now a year into this and we really have gotten used to it. Businesses have found very clever ways to still stimulate their, their, their industry and make money and be able to, you know, employ their workers, maybe not where they were a year or two years ago, but it's still happening, which is really cool. And I love hearing about that. We talked about it on the show last week, kind of a play on the crew of house floats. Now we've got Shamrock, our blocks, and now people are decorating their house for St. Patrick's day, which is next week. So that's really interesting and fun too. And it just, it gives you another way to celebrate in a, in a world where it's not necessarily what we're used to. It's a new normal, but we're still doing it. So I really love that. And, uh, you know, I, I say, Hey, y'all keep up the great work. Keep sending us pictures. Cause I'm really enjoying celebrating with y'all yeah, virtually. I-
1: I am. I am doing it. And of course, we've got another reason to celebrate and a reason to be uh, mourning all at the same time this week as Thomas Morstead was released by the Saints. I think it was a move that both of us knew was coming. I think we all knew that, you know, with the cap moves that the Saints have to make between now and the start of free agency, uh, that was something that I think we all saw the writing on the wall. But The the, the thing we're celebrating is that uh, the Morsteads are going to stay in New Orleans. They have decided to make this their home. And Thomas just had his birthday uh, this week as well. And they did a fantastic, uh, his wife got, got a hold of his Facebook and invited everyone in the city to post a little memory about meeting Thomas or some experience they had with Thomas over time. And it's funny because you, you talk about a punter and they're always kind of an afterthought with most teams and thomas morstead has been every much uh, as much a part of this community as anyone and literally since
0: day one he's been here for 12 seasons everybody knows him and loves him and will always remember him for the famous ambush on sidekick in the super bowl but i you know thomas has embraced the city literally since the day he got here i can remember when i first met him and we're talking a very long time ago i'm a member of the touchdown club of new orleans they have meetings or at least used to have meetings right before every home game at different area restaurants. And Thomas was our guest at one of the meetings and it was his rookie season. Him and Lauren, who's his wife, they weren't even married yet. They didn't have, you know, no children. I mean, I just, I remember him when, like it just, he was just such a great guy. He was fun. He seemed you know, really embraced the city. And he said that he's always said this, New Orleans will always be his home. His kids, you know, were born and raised here. His, you know, his wife is here. This is his, this is his base. They're actually in the process of building a new home in new orleans he's not planning on leaving this city and he's got a great organization if you haven't checked it out go online it's called what you give will grow and that's where um, they're actually uh, posting all of the tributes and happy birthday wishes to thomas that lauren was posting about yesterday on his social media page so go check out his 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 organization it's called what you uh what you give will grow thomas has just been a such a supporter for the community here he he's participated in saint baldrick's which is if you know anything about that you cut your hair they donate it it's like locks of love which
1: would be right about this time of year as well he's done
0: that for many many years as far as his career i mean he's our all-time leader in punts punting yards yards per punt i mean he just thomas it was a beast on and off the field, but he's just, he's such a great person. If you've ever had the chance to meet him, this is no lie. I had my gallbladder removed the 2009 season. I had seen the team in mini camp. I thought they were incredible. I wanted to go to training camp the The day that it opened was the day I was having my surgery. You know, they tell you you need to rest up, and I I don't know that word that or word is not in my vocabulary. And it's good to walk anyway. So lo and behold, that weekend, you know, a couple days removed from surgery, I go out to training camp so I can see my team, observe, make some notes. You know, some of the new players, scout out the rookies. And Thomas was there signing autographs, and he was one of the last ones to, to leave the field. We chatted for a little bit. I even told him, I said, look, you know, I'm three couple days from surgery here. He just literally took. Pictures with everybody. I will never forget that. He's just a such a down to earth guy. And wherever he winds up, I wish him luck if, if he decides to play somewhere else, if he retires, but he will always be a New Orleans Saint, no matter where he goes for everything he's done for this city and for the team on and off the field.
1: Right, exactly. And, and you know, we talked about his on field performance and the guy is about as consistent as, as you could have asked for uh, in a punter, for all of the seasons he's been here and uh, really was a guy, you know, this is a guy that played tight end uh, before he, before he became a punter. And again, you talk about a punter and what difference they can make, but let's, let's think about the fact that this is a guy who could, who could really angle the ball into a position to put teams into a hole. And for, for times where our defense wasn't always up to snuff, That really made a a, a massive impact in games. This is a guy, you know, you think about uh, the Super Bowl and and what we saw him accomplish in in something that who's seen an onside kick in a Super Bowl. It's one of the top five
0: plays of all time. In Super right. Bowl. It's, it's in the top five. I do believe, I think it's like it was when I saw last time I saw it was on NFL Network. I think it was number three uh, or number four, but it's in the top five. And it's an on, like you said, it's onside kick. <laughs> you just right. don't, you right. don't see that, but he'll always be remembered for that. And, you know, unfortunately, cap casualty, everybody kept saying, well, I don't understand. Saints have a lot of fat to trim. And by cutting him, unfortunately, it's $2.5 million. That we're saving. I mean, they did some restructures over the last couple of days. Demario Davis, Cam Jordan. They just announced today Marcus Williams, they put the franchise tag on him. That was actually kind of surprising. Um, didn't expect that. But I mean, Mickey Loomis is doing his thing. Mickey, yeah. Mickey is the money man, we've said that for years. There's a joke, a meme that, that floats around this time of the year, every year on St. Twitter, and it's called Loomising. <laughs> and it's it's a picture of Mickey Loomis underneath. It says, the art of finding money when there isn't any. Mickey Loomis is a genius when it comes to moving things around. So th- th- we've talked about this many, many weeks on the show. The team is going to look very different. It, it really is hard, but NFL stands not for long. It really does. And it's hard because Morstead, more Thomas said is a fan favorite One of my personals and of course, you know, all who that nation out there, he's just such a great guy. And it was really hard to see this happen, but I know that his, his, he will be a face that will be around the facility. You know, he's going to be here in new Orleans. He's still going to be doing a lot of things like Deuce McAllister, like Zach Streif, like a lot of, a lot of people that are still, you know, embedded in this, in, in the heart of new Orleans and saints fans. So, you know, I, I wish him luck. It's really hard to see that happen, but I've learned over the years, you know, I love the team. And you can't love the players always because they're not here and it's not personal. It's just business. And I do hate that. I hate that, but I knew it was coming. I I knew. And actually we tried to get Thomas on the show right before training camp. And he got to enjoy that time while you can, because once, once the season comes, so we're going to try to get him on the show. You know, and talk about that. I mean, Thomas did a lot of off-the-field ventures too. He wrote a children's book. A lot of people don't know that. So, I mean, he's been involved with a lot of things outside of football and just makes him an incredible person. And if you think about just the caliber of, you know, how how much he, he really has done football players like I said they're they're involved in the game you know six to eight months out of the year training and he's managed to do so many other things other than just being a phenomenal football player so that's really exciting so yeah we're going to try to get him on the show I love him personally he's one of my favorite players will always be you know close to my heart because like I said he just literally from the first year he was here his rookie year he really embraced the city and the fans and that's what you want you know you want a player to come here and put a stamp on on the team and, and really make a difference we we've seen it happen in with the Pelicans, we've seen it happen, you know, with the Saints. And it's just, it's amazing. And to me, those are the things I look at, you know, more importantly than, Hey, you know, being that baller every every single game, every single year, because it doesn't always happen. Case in point, he had injury this year and he talked about it, you know, a a couple weeks ago, he had an injury. So his performance wasn't as great this year on the field as normal. But I mean, like you said, after prior to that, I mean, he, he was, he was on the ball. I mean, it's, it's just, incredible what what you're you were sitting here talking about a punter and i mean i, I might be sticking my neck out by saying this but you know I, I could see him going into the hall of fame for what he's had in his career i really could
1: i, I could too we already know that he's going to be a saints hall of fame yes we already know that that's a guarantee He'll be uh, he'll be if you want to call it a first ballot in in, in the city, <laughs> the
0: Ring of and, Honor. Yes, but I could I could see him in Canton.
1: I could. I, I think that there is there is there is potential with what he's done in the game, uh, the longevity that that he had, which you know we saw partners go for years and years, but they really didn't make a big impact the way that that Thomas did in the game, and I, I think that obviously there are those special moments that we've seen from Thomas Morstead over time and a guy that can really have an impact in the game and and his locker room appeal. You know, he was always, he's always been a guy that has been very popular amongst his teammates, amongst the coaching staffs. He's a guy that you never heard any issues about. If anybody complained about Thomas Morstead, it's probably somebody who uh, doesn't know, know Thomas More? Had Morstead. a really bad, <laughs> a really bad day. If you heard a complaint about Thomas Morstead. But that's the kind of player that he's been, and, and that leaves us with just two players left on the team yes. that were on that Super Bowl roster. Um, one of Mal- those had left and come back, and, and Malcolm, he's still Jenkins. Around, Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins, and the other one is still the question mark: Drew Brees. Who I think, I think we're still assuming that. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna go to greener pastures himself. So it, it shows you. But but anytime we are over a decade away from that Super Bowl victory, and we've seen uh, uh, we still had players from that roster, yeah. and that's unheard of. No, talk you talked about to sh- the NFL; the not for fun, yeah, not for, not long, for league, long. That is uh, that is a miracle. And, and in just itself.
0: to, to kind of hit again on what you said about his consistency, he's only missed two games his entire career. And from 2010 to 2018, he was in top 10 among NFL punters in yeah. yards per kick. I mean, that's just, that's, that, that defines consistency.
1: Right. So. And here's, here's, here's my favorite. Here's my favorite. This is a punter in an NFL football team with one of the most prolific offenses, NFL history. And Thomas Morstead still had 1,310 snaps For a guy who saw six, seven snaps a game at the most, 1,300 snaps in the NFL, I think that is a phenomenal number when you think about his position, the team he's been on since he became a New Orleans Saint. I I think that's phenomenal.
0: Yes, I totally agree, and we wish him well no matter what happens, but Thomas, we're gonna see you soon. I know that for a fact.
1: <laughs> we are. And I'm I'm confident, you know. One of the nice things about the fact that he won't be playing with the Saints anymore. Now, granted, somebody may decide to to pick him up, but uh if he doesn't, there is plenty of time for him to come and uh and greet the fans on Flourish Truly. So
0: I'm yes. I'm looking yes. forward to that, you know? Yes, yes, indeed. Definitely, definitely. Absolutely.
1: Well, of course. The, uh, the, the Saints aren't the only news in local sports this week. The New Orleans Pelicans had uh, their their star Zion Williamson. You know, that the Pelicans now own the longest streak in the NBA with a player in the All-Star game. That is a crazy statistic to me. Zion Williamson showed off his talents this past weekend. And uh, the first quarter was a, little, was a little shaky for Zion. I think he was trying to put on a little bit too much of a show, but once he got his head back in the game and of course, you know, the all-star game, there's a ton of events going on. It's like yes. a media circuit. Even this year they were in Georgia. It's a state that's got more relaxed regulations, things like that. It was still kind of a circus type event. Uh, maybe not quite. I mean, obviously not quite what it would be in a normal year, but it was still a big event for these guys. And, uh, We saw Zion really come on, make an impact, and show the the country, show the world the talent that he's playing with here. And uh, I thought that was exciting for the Pelicans and for Zion.
0: I I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. 20 years
1: old, one of the youngest players in the history of the game to play in the
0: All-Star Game. And they're building – there's so much momentum around him. And we talked about this before on the show – he's young and he wants to be here and he's embracing the cities and the team is embracing him. And he's just every, I never have not heard anything negative about him. Like nothing. I mean, there was, there were some jokes about his dunking with, with the all-star game. But I mean, other than that, it was just, I mean, and that's just, just fans being fans, you know, They have some, if they're not saying anything negative, they, they're not saying anything at all, but it's just, it's it's just nice to see that. You know, whereas I can remember a couple seasons ago, I couldn't get on Twitter or Facebook and read anything about the Pelicans drama with Anthony Davis. It's just so refreshing. It really is. And I mean, Miss, Mrs. Benson it is, is and he's really a young guy. He is. He is. And Mrs. Benson has this team. She's got a grasp on everything. And, you know, they're committed to making this team a competitor. And I mean, I know we we, we. I think it's the Pelicans was a couple of weeks ago. We we're they were in 11th place. They're right there on the Cubs. Zion did this great interview feeling like, you know, we've got the tools. We just got to turn things around and, and, and be clicking on all cylinders. And, you know, they they didn't have a great game. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but you know, to me, I, I'm not worried. You know, I'm really not because I, I feel like they're going in the right direction. And that's what you need. You need you need somebody behind the team that's going to act as that. Like you said, you know, even though he hasn't been with the team a long time, act like that veteran, that morale booster in the locker room to get these guys together and you know say, hey, look, you know, we can turn things around, which to me is impressive. And it was the also game was really fun. I really enjoyed I, it.
1: I thought it was really fun. I kind of liked the contests that were kind of going on along with the game. I, I liked the format. It was great to see Zion really kind of come together with that but the pelicans now sitting at the halfway point in the nba season they're four games out of eighth place they've already proven that they can beat the best team in the nba and they're only going to be better when they come out of the break because i think now you've had the first opportunity for sam van gundy to sit down and kind of retool his bench his team he's got a good Sight of where everything is. He's got a good idea of how to spend those players minutes. And like we talked about, you don't see the Pelicans getting blown out by anybody. No, these are, these are tight games. And they're not games that are blown at the end, as we saw in previous seasons, they're games where they have a rough third quarter, or they have a rough third, fourth quarter transition, and they just can't get back enough to win it. And so I think that is, a positive sign for the team because now you say, you know, we we the Saints had that finish strong uh, motto for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're going to see that out of the Pelicans. So I'm still confidently predicting that the Pelicans will make the NBA playoffs. And I think that's all they have to do to make some noise. So is you're, putting just your it it it? you're putting your I name on it? You're putting your name on
0: it? They're, they're going... Am,
1: I'm signing the official document now that I have made that prediction.
0: At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business are heroic, and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you.
1: We will still make at least the eight seed in the playoffs.
0: I am I'm tending to agree with you. And obviously, you know, you're, you're much bigger Pel- Pelicans fan than I am and know more about it, but, but I I'm agreeing with you because I'm feeling like, you know, they're correcting their mistakes. And like you said, you look at the last couple of years, they're not getting blown out, you know, and, and we're at the halfway point so this is a time where you regroup and you sit down and you start looking at where you need to make adjustments. So I'm with you. I'm going to put my neck, I'm going to stick my neck out there too. And say, I think the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs too.
1: Yeah. I, I think that is. That is a, a good feeling. I think that the team needs to know the, the confidence that we have. I think we're looking at a further reduction or a further easing of restrictions in Orleans Parish, which means we'll see more, more fans. fans in the arena, which is exciting. Uh, there, it is a really positive time to be a basketball fan in the city. And if, you're, if you live outside of the area, the Pelicans are getting plenty of national television time check them out because it's just fun. It's a fun lineup. You see the excitement and you know that we are really kind of getting behind it and we can feel that buzz that's picking up in the city. So I think that's a great thing, especially as we go into the heavy part of the spring, you know, festival seasons, season is around the corner, maybe not so much the festivals, but did you know that there is going to be a Louisiana Crawfish Festival in St. Bernard this year.
0: I heard that they were considering it. I didn't hear they officially announced it, so it has been officially announced they are having it it this year?
1: It has been officially announced. It's going to be the same uh, weekend that Jazz Fest usually occupied at the end of April, early May. We're and, still having Jazz
0: Fest in the fall, though. <laughs>
1: that, that's right. That's just further down the road. And More quite things frankly, to
0: celebrate in the fall.
1: With, with everything that we're looking at, I think that time frame is looking pretty good right now. So I think that was probably a good decision. But Louisiana Crawfish Festival, they're asking people to, you know, kind of pay attention to what's going on, follow the guidelines, you know, try to, you know, try to get your vaccines in if you can. And we're seeing more and more people being able to get vaccinated. And so that is a strong, solid sign. I've seen a couple of advertisements for some of the crawfish cook-offs that are going to be picking up over the course of the next uh, month and a half, probably right after Easter. We'll see some smaller kind of toned down crawfish cook-offs where, you know, you and your team can be together. Don't try to intermingle as you would at a regular festival, but Tina, how positive of a sign it's is. Awesome. It and outdoor events are a lot
0: easier to maneuver now, especially if you limit them. And I know it's hard to say that when you're talking about voodoo fest and jazz fest and French quarter fest, because I mean, it, you know, you've got thousands and thousands of people going, but if they limit how many people go and they, in a section off areas, which a lot of other places have done for, for outdoor festivals, it can be done, but it is like, you, it's so exciting. I, I really, I'm happy that we're at that point. Cause I'm, feeling like people, you know, for the majority, a lot of people are taking it seriously. It, I I, I know they're still, they're still having issues in the news talking about some of the places, holding gatherings and things, but that's you're going to have that no matter what people want to be defiant and, and try to break the rules. But I mean, this isn't everybody's benefit to have restaurants and bars and festivals because our city needs to recoup the thousands and thousands and thousands probably hundreds of thousands of dollars at this point that they they've lost out. And I'm going to tell you that the, the thing that saddened me the most is that we were at a little local restaurant a couple of weeks ago. We you know, I I talked to everybody whenever I go somewhere and happened to be talking to the owner and and she was telling me she tried to go to a couple of restaurants in New Orleans for lunch and they were closed she said yeah. you know they didn't open until like 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon and she's like i know that's not normal i know it's been a while since i've been there and not normal I said but due to COVID staffing issues people not going for lunch during the day I said you know a lot of restaurants are just now opening for dinner and she's just like you know that just makes me so sad and I said yeah I said me too I said because I don't want these local restaurants and bars to close New Orleans there's people that haven't been here in 10 years and they'll come and say hey you know I came to New Orleans and I I really enjoyed going here and going there and those are places that when I was like growing up there's you know (laughs) those bars are still there (laughs) paddos and Cats Meow, all you know, all the, the faces of of the quarter when you go down there. Those are the places that you want to go to. The little hidden gems like the Alibi, we talked about them a long time ago. That's like mm-hmm. one of my favorite little dive bars to get some really good bar food. And then you know, of course, as you venture out like into Metairie, the Swamp Room, which isn't the Swamp Room that we we grew up in, new to love because they moved locations. But I mean, places like that that you know, on a Saturday night. It's 9 30, 10 o'clock at night. You know, you want to have a drink with friends, you want to shoot pool, but you're hungry. You can get a good burger, good cheese fries, even steak night on Saturday, which, yes, I'm telling you, the swamp room has an incredible steak. Yeah. <laughs> and, and even, even when you went out in uh, downtown or somewhere
1: else in Metairie and you wanted to get something to eat at 4 a.m., the swamp room was yes, still. Their
0: kitchen's always and open and packed. it's good food. Exactly. It, be, look, it beats Taco Bell sitting on Very that highway for, for 30 minutes just to get, you know, some. Zoggy tacos at two in the morning. Not that you know, I ever stayed out to two in the morning. But <laughs> oh, come
1: on now,
0: we all know where you're from. Let's go. <laughs> I know I'm lying. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, you know,
1: it's 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 great. And and we head into St. Patrick's Day, which of course was another big deal for not only the bars in the area, but we talked about you know St. Baldrick's earlier and mm-hmm. the 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 fact that that's another fundraiser that isn't able to happen. That was a huge event. Every year, And I had several friends who participated. I was never able to grow my hair long enough to participate. I came close this year, but then, of course, there's none of that going on. But, uh, you know, also another big uh, deal this time of year, and one of the big fundraisers for St. Michael's Special School always happened on St. Patrick's Day, and that was the St. Patrick's Day uh, Irish Channel Marching Club, which is the oldest St. Patrick's Day Club in in New Orleans. They're the ones who organize and put on the parade uh, down in in the Uptown area, the Irish Channel every year. And a couple of things. First of all, that club, and and I've been fortunate to be a member of it on and off over the the, the past several years, uh, the Irish Channel Marching Club has had, you know, the membership ranges from guys who are in their 90s to, to guys who are in their their late 20s. And uh, the, the men really do a lot of work, not only for putting that parade and those events on, but they do a lot of charity work as well. They do a lot of fundraising for those organizations, especially for St. Michael's. That is their that is their key um, uh, uh, uh benefactor is St. Michael's. And and the organization has been hit hard by COVID. Uh, Membership has been affected tremendously. Many of the older members have passed away. We we get emails pretty much on a weekly or sometimes a uh, twice a week, three times a week basis about members who had succumbed to COVID. And that is very sad for that organization because anybody who's been to the Irish Channel Parade, knows that that organization really is a bunch of just men who absolutely love life, love the yes, celebration. Yes. I'm familiar with it crowds. because of
0: my dad, like, you know, from playing, you, I'm sure you know Pete's Bar. Absolutely. Okay. So Pete Shara, who's the original owner of Pete's Bar, and uh-huh. my best friend's grandmother dated for many, 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 many years until he passed away. And of course, the bar has been sold, but it's still Pete's Bar. I think it's Pete's something else now, but it's still called Pete's bar. And, uh, but I mean, you know, parasols, Tracy's, Michelle's, Pete's, all those bars in, in, in the Irish channel are all known. I mean, Hey, you don't if you're really involved with it, you don't go to school that day, Right. (laughs) you don't go to school. And, you know, when you're college age, you're not in class that day. (laughs) No. I could could tell you many a times my day, like I told you, we talked about this last week with, with focus many of the times, depending on, you know, what was going on. I didn't go to school because they were having events and, you know, my, my mom and dad would take me out and, you know, I get to celebrate and have a good time. And then I carried that tradition as I got older, you know, when I was in college and just, you know, after that, it was, it was a fun time. I mean, it draws so many people. So all those hundreds of people that are normally out there spending money and donating and they're having, you know, the parade and all that's, that's money that those, those charities and those organizations are not making right now.
1: Right. And and St. Michael's does a great job there. They are so involved in this community. It's a school for uh, children who really have severe Mm -hmm. uh, needs and disabilities, and it is a great start in life for them. And, and it's been a blessing. Uh, the, Saint, the, the Irish Channel March, I mean, we we had two big events outside of the St. Patrick's events. We had a halfway to St. Patrick's March in October that we would just run through the quarter and just have a practice parade. And then we'd have the practice day, which would always be the first week of March. And we'd have a practice run through the French Quarter on a, on a uh, Friday afternoon. Great events. But this year, they had to cancel the block party at St. Michael's, obviously, with everything that's going on, but they are still asking for people to help make donations. You can go to the Irish Channel Marching Club uh, Facebook page, check out what they're doing. They are trying to still, even with what's going on with COVID, they, they still need the help to make sure that, uh, that St. Michael's has all that it needs and I think that uh, I think that's a great thing for them. And so, if you get a chance and you want to help out, just go to IrishChannelNo.org, and uh, they will tell you on there how to participate. And of course, if you're interested in being a member, if you're interested in finding out about next year's parade, which they say they will be back up and running next year, that's a good time to do it. So. Just, just something to throw out there that you know, Mardi Gras. It's Saint not Patrick's all Day. about the celebration. It's also yeah. about what they do in the community. Yes,
0: there's always that's the thing about New Orleans, and and no matter really what the organization is doing, there's always some kind of story and history behind it for a better cause. We're not, we are yes, we are a party town, but there's a reason why a lot of times we have so many celebrations like that because they're always benefiting somebody. And I'm going to tell you this 20, 2022, Mardi Gras, St Patrick's Day, Irish Italian parade is going to be in. Insane next year because first of all no city throws a party like new orleans does but keep us from celebrating for a year and let me just tell you <laughs> we will make up for it a thousand times the following year yeah
1: book your hotel so, yes now. i was getting
0: ready to say you literally took words <laughs> out of my mouth go ahead and start booking your uh your airbnb your hotels uh your condos wherever you stay start calling your friends and family around here and making plans because i'm telling you it's going to be lit next year yes that's, that's right and of
1: course that brings me to the last thing on my agenda today so next week we'll talk probably a little bit more about saint patrick's day in new orleans and and some of those themes but one of the other big things in new orleans that i noticed in many other parts of the country you don't really see a whole lot of is saint joseph's day saint joseph's day is going to be uh let's see it is going to be this coming sunday this sunday is saint joseph's day And every year, that is always a big
0: deal, particularly in New Orleans, where we have... We're a very Catholic city. We're a very
1: Catholic city, and St. Joseph has been uh, a major part of Sicilian tradition. And those who understand that New Orleans was a major hub of Sicilian immigrants, uh, you know, two centuries ago, that was a massive influx of people. That's where my family came from. (laughs) and, And those people are very intrinsic in the city. We've had former mayors, we have some of the big bakeries, the meat markets. So two of the largest seafood suppliers in the city all originate from those uh, people that came over from Contessa Italina in Sicily, including my own grandfather's family. That is a big deal. And that's why St. Joseph's Day has always been a big deal. All of the churches used to put on the massive altars. We've seen some of it go by the wayside over the years as the churches have lost membership and participation. But we still see places around the community. This year, they are doing several different drive-through St. Joseph's altars. I encourage you to go in, check those out. You can just Google New Orleans drive-through St. Joseph's day altars and, and see that. But they're, they're not... They're not very well known in a lot of places of the country. You may see them pop up in in New Jersey and in New York and probably Chicago, but you've really got to have that Sicilian flavor. In order to get good Saint Joseph's altar. Otherwise, yeah, it just the doesn't cookies, have the, just uh, And I'm
0: gonna be sharing this over the next couple of uh, days with y'all, some of the the recipes for the, the, the Italian cookies, the fig cookies. I mean, honestly, maybe I'm partial because I'm Italian and, and and I and I like I'm not a big chocolate person, not like I said before, I love sweets, but uh the Saint Joseph Ultra cookies are out of this world. I have very fond memories of us making them and uh they are just absolutely delicious. So I'll share a couple recipes with y'all online, and of course, if you have any questions, you can Let me know. But this city is very enriched with its culture, especially when it comes to, you know, the St. Joseph Altar Irish Italian parade, St. Patrick's Day and being, you know, so so, such a a Catholic city. And I mean, of course, you've got St. St. Louis Cathedral, which usually has a, a beautiful altar, even Rouse's, Rouse's Supermarket has an altar. When you walk in, you can get your little bean. They sell the cookies. I mean, you can, they've got a little setup inside, like literally as you walk in the door hand off to the bakery, at least the, the, the two roasts closest to me have that. So I mean, next time you go into the grocery store, if you want to kind of see, you know, I guess an abbreviated version, cause they're not having the the traditional ones right now where you can go in unless like Jeff said, they're having drive up, but go into your local roses and check it out. Cause they always have them set up for a St. Uh, St. Joseph say so, That's and like right. you said it's, you get some of them good cookies and bread,
1: <laughs> and the, the food is amazing. And you know. We look at these shows like Cake Boss and stuff where they make stuff out of different, you know, they make the cakes that look like this or that. One of the things I remember as a kid is going to the St. Joseph's altar and you'd see a giant loaf of bread that was shaped like an alligator or that was Mm -hmm. shaped like a building, a St. Louis Cathedral like French bread or Italian bread. It was really neat. And they still do a lot of that. And of course, you still have all the pastas and you still have all the wonderful dishes that go, the beans, everything else. Um, but but the cookies is really what I think people bread boats. Know. That's
0: what I was trying to think of when you said it. Bread boats. They would make bread boats and put the cookies inside of the bread boats.
1: Absolutely. Yes, indeed.
0: I had to think for a second because I mean, <laughs> you're talking. I'm remembering years, you know, uh, going to them, but yeah, that's any kind of pastry is very, very popular. Uh, Italian sea cookies, but those fig cookies are like my personal favorite, especially when they're iced and have the candy sprinkles on top. Those are my personal oh, favorite yeah. ones. Well,
1: those are. Those are great. My my mother is a, a massive fan of the fig cookies all year round. She can't get enough of them, and uh, I always like the the ones that had the almond uh, flavor to them. And so many people like the ones I forget what they call them. The ones with the licorice flavor. I always forget. What yes, I are like called.
0: those too. I but like the too. <laughs> it's always such a, I like colorful, it all.
1: <laughs> such a colorful experience it is. uh, it is not something you have to be religious or Catholic or anything else to take part in. It's really just a display of the people that work within the church, uh, people that are are members of the of the parish, putting on something for the community. It was, you know, and really a lot of it spreads back to you know feeding each other during famine, yes. which is something that Sicilian happened famine, not only yes. here but 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 in in Sicily, all of these types of things. So you. We talk about this amazing culture. We have this melting pot. This is just another example of how it's not only the Sicilians that participated. You can go to backgrounds of any type and find St. Joseph's Salters that have taken that same thing, added their own flair. It's really uh, another great part of New Orleans that I think people need to check out.
0: And that's that's something that's on my bucket list. I want to go um, to Trapani, Sicily, in Italy and just trace my family roots. That's something what I wanted to do my whole life. It's it's a long flight. It's a very expensive trip, um, but I know that if I ever get to do it, it's going to be absolutely beautiful. I Me, mean, I'm, I'm going to give a shout out and actually tell our listeners something um, before we wrap up about a new show. Well, it's actually three weeks in, and I don't know if a lot of people are watching this, but if you are not, you're missing out. It's one of the best new shows on television. It's on CNN. It's called Searching for Italy. It's hosted by Stanley Tucci, who is Italian, and he has been going to different providences all over Italy. I don't know, Jeff, if you've checked it out, but you definitely need to. Last week, he was at Milan. Um, he he just he goes in and he, he meets with these these cooks. And it's just so real and so authentic. And me being Italian, born and raised, I'm so particular with Italian food. So I'm really enjoying the show, you know, different uh, recipes they're sharing. They're talking about the history of the buildings. The architecture is gorgeous. They had this building. He was outside of Milan that had marble walls outside of it. It was just I mean, absolutely beautiful, and it's just it's everywhere. So if you're not watching it, check it out. It comes on Sunday night. It's called Searching for Italy. It's my new favorite show. I think a Stanley Tucci is adorable. I've always thought he he, oh, yeah. and he's he's so funny, and he has got his wife on there, Felicity, and they they're traveling together. This was filmed last year, pre and post COVID, so um, you can see when he goes to certain cities, they're wearing they're masking, and then some of them was before the the pandemic hit, and, and hit in Italy got really, really hard. So for us, you know, we're talking about New Orleans having issues with tourism and all, but Italy, you know, is a, is a prime destination for people all over the world to visit. And they really got hit with hard with COVID and we're in a complete lockdown, like doing nothing. So I was excited to see the show. And then of course, now that I kind of have got to watch it a couple of weeks and see more involved with it, it's just so great. And I'm and and there, they just got announced that they were picked up for a second season. So I'm really enjoying it. Check it out. Y'all. If, if you love Italian food, look, so if you just love food trust me you will you will thank me next monday morning after you watch it he's he's so funny and he's about as real as can get and the fact that you know he is Italian he knows food so he's enjoying it a oh, lot absolutely. so y'all check it out so but I want to tell everybody thank y'all again for joining us um if you have any questions or anything that you want to share with us as far as recipes We've talked about this a couple of weeks ago, share some stuff with us online. I'm going to be putting those Italian fig cookies and the wedding cookies out online in the next couple of days. Just hit us up on Twitter. I'm Tina at the Nola Girl, as well as on Instagram. And then we have our Floors Truly page on Facebook, which is Floors Truly Podcast. And then Jeff, you can tell everybody where they can find you as well.
1: You can find me at the Nola Rolla on Twitter. And of course you can go on the Floors Truly Podcast page on Facebook you'll find me there. I post a bunch of stuff. I will be happy to comment anytime you want to post something either on one of the posts we make, or if you just want to get into the discussion, we can do that there as well. So I look forward to hearing from you. I don't know why you're so quiet sometimes.
0: Because <laughs> everybody's outside enjoying this gorgeous weather. So y'all no take advantage of it. Get out there, go plan some Flowers, take a bike ride. Go check out Shamrock R Blocks as well. Those links are on our Facebook page. And we will see you next Tuesday on Floors Truly. In South Dakota, we're looking forward to exploring new roads and wide-open spaces. When you're ready to travel, go great places. Learn more at TravelSouthDakota.com. Greenlight is the debit card and app for kids and teens, now with investing. Investing is key to building long-term wealth. And with Greenlight, your kids can learn to invest at any age. They research stocks to buy, invest as little as $1, and you approve every trade track progress over time, and learn about the world of investing together. Ready to invest in your kids' futures? Visit greenlightcard.com today for your free month trial.